AF eloquence is made in the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and we recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Time for a treaty. Hello and welcome to AF Eloquence, the show where we're eloquent AF about all things football. My name is Bart Welch. And my name is Emil Freund. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hello, everyone. Jeez. It's been it's a been little a, while. It's been a long time, Emil. It's been nine months. We could have had a child this time. A little 40 months. <laughs> well, funny you should say that, Bart, because... Um, I've had a child in this time. It's it's a nice little IPA. Um, it'll be arriving anytime now, and I am so excited. Oh, what a beautiful name, IPA. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I can't wait to meet them. They sound oh. tasty. <laughs> Need a little bit of aging, but you know, the, the early in early in the early in the piece, it's never really interesting. Absolutely. And so, Emil. So much has happened in this time, but <laughs> it's really strange time. Where it's June the eleventh. It's Thursday, June the eleventh. Uh, Good traditional about slot for eleven o'clock in the morning. Yep, eleven a.m. morning podcast. Unusual for us. For us. Um, <sighs> and tonight, <laughs> football's back. Round two, and in uh, the eleventh of June. That's the that's the normal spot for round two. That's the one. That's how it normally goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so much has happened. We've had a global pandemic. We've had. Footy with no crowds. We've had no footy at all. We've had players being stabbed. We've had uh, Harley Bennell coming back from the brink. I mean, this is an odd year in many respects, footy and otherwise. There's a lot, isn't there? It's uh, it's oh, truly God. 2020, the big hell year, um, where there's uh, so much to mention. It was we, we I think we've recorded the last one in September, so we were just at the start of our um, bushfire season. Which turns out, you know, you could have kept your masks from the bushfire and just worn oh, them all the way through for a full after, 12 months. I, I, after everything that's happened over the last two months, I just, Did you just forget? then when I was trying to sum up, I totally forgot yeah. the bushfire. <laughs> right. And Worst you know, bushfires in a, in, that we know about in our history. Millions of animals dead, houses lost, and I just plum forgot. Very forgettable. The way the last few months have been. It's kind of the way our brains are wired at the moment. If there's so much stimulus, you can only really have the capacity to to hold so much. Yeah. My housemate had, had the TV on the other day and he's like, oh, do you want to watch the news? And I was like, no. Not at all. Don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I'm getting enough biosmosis at the moment. Yeah. And, you, you know, you got to do that for your own headspace, I think, sometimes. We tuned in the other day free to wear in our house hold up here and it was reiterating things in the news like masks may be running short for COVID. And it's like, what? Yeah, I know. You've been saying that for like three months. I don't need to tune in anymore to find out we're running short in masks, Emil. No, no. Just mm. need to go down to your local chemist warehouse and you'll know that. There you go. Um, oh, it's <laughs> unsponsored, by the way. Freebie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little freebie for your chemist warehouse. Yeah. Uh, um, so, all right. I guess footy, footy, football. footy chat, footy, football chat. It's good Foot- to be back. Well, it's really good to be back, isn't it? I, <sighs> Man, I think um, I, I'm not the first person to say this. Or maybe maybe I am. I'm going to say it here. Well, I'm the first you are on this podcast. I, I'm the first person to say this on this podcast. But um, the longer that the football went uh, wasn't, wasn't on, the more I realised how much it is really a thing just to talk about. <laughs> the 
oh. between in the past, may, maybe mainly men, but everyone of all ages, all genders, all sexualities to talk about. We need something to talk about, merely. We do. Uh, welcome distraction. Something, something to, something to focus around. Something to center your weekend around. Mm. A reason to just have a shit week if your club's done badly. Yeah, um, and then something to get amped about or a bit of an escape on the weekend. If uh, you know, let's say you've got a global pandemic and the world's burning, maybe. <laughs> Focus on a, a little red ball for two hours or yeah. however long it is now because things have changed. They have changed and we will get into that. Mm. I've got a few interesting thoughts and I reckon you will too about the slight changes of, uh, of rules and what that might do. Indeed. Um, yeah. What do you reckon mm. about um, – okay, so maybe we just jump into that now. The quarantine hubs, right? Yeah. So we got – Four teams now based in Queensland. Yes. Um, is it four teams? Well, no, six. Oh, the Adelaide Club? No, see, it'll be six after this weekend. Yes. That's right. So the, they have the showdown. After the showdown. Yeah. Which will have crowds, I believe. Some, this is another... some sort of about 2,000 people, was it? Yes. And they're somehow auctioning that off, I don't know, to the highest <laughs> bidder, I assume. Um, yeah, or some, right. Hopefully not the highest bidder. Hopefully some genuine fans, um, not just the yeah, corporate. Give, give it to the cheer squad. Yeah, let them in. Um, and, but that's right. So they have the showdown and then they, Adelaide and Port, will travel to uh, the hub in the Gold Coast, which is everyone's dream. Yeah. Um, or right. Brisbane, wherever it is, somewhere up there. Um, Can't go to the theme parks though at the moment, so really. It's not really worth it. It's not worth no. it. <laughs> Might as well go to Launceston. <laughs> Absolutely. Do your quarantine hub down there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there's six teams there. Um, and then it's just kind of like this fixture is on like a rolling kind of, what is it, a five-week-at-a-time yeah. fixture? Yeah. See how we go, case by case. Well, so we, this, we, mm. Do you reckon that they're using this as a little way to test the waters with some of this stuff? Like, obviously, uh, without any crowds, um, you can't book ahead anyway. Um, but doing this rolling fixture to schedule kind of the primetime games and the primetime slots based on week-to-week week is not a bad thing in my No, estimation. it's not, is it? Like, you wouldn't be able to book your flights – too early, like there's a sure. few negatives to it, but but there's also, I guess you could get a ballpark error if you knew roughly where you were going to be, or maybe if you did spend these five weeks at a time in these spots, you'd be like, oh well, I know we're going to the New South Wales hub next time. I could book my flights there as a fan to watch the games. I don't know. It's yeah, if you if you knew in round six that you'd be playing on either a Friday or Saturday night in in Melbourne, and you're an interstate club, you'd be like, well, all right, we'll be playing on the Friday or Saturday. I'll just come for the weekend, and I'll make you know, I'll. I'll I'm a member, so I'll be able to get my tickets to that, no problem. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, because it's you know, Adelaide v Melbourne and for some reason Melbourne is doing well and so Adelaide. So this is a real alternative universe. Um, but It is a strange world. Yeah, odd world. Um, but Adelaide are also accepting Friday night. welcoming club in this world as well. They respect their <laughs> Indigenous place. Oh, dear. And don't fight each other. Yeah, don't fight. Oof. That's good. Oh, it's been a while. It has been a while. Um, mm-hmm. Um, they just cooked, right, Adelaide? Yeah, let's let's get onto them. <laughs> they are oh, a bit cooked, let's, aren't they? Let's sink the slipper into Adelaide. Yeah, we've got so much to talk about. But first, cab off the rank is how much Adelaide suck. <laughs> um, <Fuck> Adelaide still. <laughs> oh. When Andrew McLeod comes out and says that uh, he doesn't feel welcome back at the club, my goodness, that's pretty spicy stuff, isn't it? He's that's saying something. One of the best players of the last fifty years, and yep. he's not welcome back to his own club. Yeah, Brownlee medalist, Premiership player, shocking. Pretty horrible. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's how do they go so wrong, and why are they still in such a fucking hole? Like, 
I don't know. So, who do they yeah. need to get rid of here? They've, they've already done a, a switcheroo of coaches and they seem to they they have, have done assistance. a full they've review. the whole thing, yeah. Pavlich was involved, I believe. Right. Yeah. And um, was it Dermot Breton too? Or, no, oh, really? Um, okay. Um, no, old mate. Um, uh, Baldy. Um, oh, Jason Dunstall? Jason Dunstall, I reckon. Yeah. And Pavlich. I think those two were involved in the review. So they've got some power forwards in there to, to <laughs> really mix things up. Get the club moving forward in a powerful way. <laughs> That's right. Hmm. Maybe oh, it hasn't worked for him because you know not. Pavlich had a kind of a um, tragic end. He was he was a bit of, he was a Nick Rewalt of the West. Yes, um, indeed. <laughs> he he did play for the St Kilda of the West. Exactly, sure. it makes sense. Yeah. and they both had you know didn't quite make it to the uh, or didn't quite win the big dance. Did Pav make a big dance? I don't even think Fremantle played in a grand final. Yeah, Ooh, with Fife, Hawthorne, twenty twenty third. One of those two years. I can't remember if Pavlich was still playing. He probably was. So he probably made the big dance and forgot his dancing shoes. Oh, Pav. So unfortunate. But now he's on to bigger and better things like the Adelaide Football Club. (laughs) Yeah. Not to mention his once a week uh, Perth media commitments. Oh, he's a busy man, Pav. Mm -hmm. He's a very busy man. Well, he's he's an Adelaide local. So maybe I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Oh, maybe, really? Maybe. He's an Adelaide yeah, boy? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's an Adelaide boy, yeah. Right, maybe he's a Crows fan from way back. Could well be. Could well be. Speaking of uh, Adelaide, um, mm. how do you feel about the prison bar um, controversy at the moment? Um, Have you been following that? A little so Port, bit. Uh, Port yeah. are wearing their uh, prison bar guernsey, or they want to wear their prison bar guernsey for this showdown, and they want to wear it for every subsequent showdown. Um, which, you know, that I think makes sense. has nothing to do with to Collingwood. Me. Yeah. It shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty much, it sounds like classic Eddie Maguire stuff, doesn't it? Double standards, getting whipped up into a frenzy and not, I think. It, he's got to, he's got to fill the airway somehow, but unlike us, he doesn't have the luxury of going up when the footy's not on. Yeah, that's so right. So when the footy's not on, he just has to talk hot air. Talk bullshit, utter bullshit. Because mm. it was, you know, I know that him and, yeah, that's right. He's had a few things over this time, hasn't he? Little blow ups with Tony Jones and oh. just gets so red in the face. He's such a... <laughs> I want to see him red in the face for a good reason, like Collingwood losing. Yes, I know. It makes me not enjoy Collingwood because of the people involved in the club and nothing to do with the so actual true. players. Nothing to do yeah. with the players. Oh, and then did you see um, Heretia Lumumba came out yeah. uh, this week and was scathing it has, mm-hmm. and has already taken a stance on this uh, with Collingwood specifically in the past, back when he was playing for them. Then after he retired, he said something about it. And then now again in, in wake of the recent um, – uh, global awareness around racism um, and institutionalized racism. He's come out and condemned the Collingwood Football Club for their handling of his treatment while he was there. He was he, his nickname was what was it, Chimp? Oh my Something gosh. like that. Yeah, oh, man. Wow. He's, this is like this, for, is like this persevered. Yeah, oh, that is abhorrent. How can how can that fly at a club? Anytime, let alone in the post 2000 or 2010 or whenever he would have been playing there. That's horrible. And, and then when Eddie came out and um, said what he said on the radio about Adam Goods in relation to the King Kong stuff, he, yeah. he Lumumba came out and, and, and rightfully um, condemned that. But then he was told by Buckley that he was throwing the president under the bus and um, shouldn't be, you know, public about his disagreement. It's like, well, oh, come on, Bucks. that's what institutionalized like that's what it looks white like privileged racism looks like yeah this is it here defending the racist act action because you feel uncomfortable as a white person because of that because 
is a mate of yours. It's like, no, that's the, that's the thing yeah, right this is there. Right here. This is case in point. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Eddie Maguire has no fucking foot to stand on in anything ever. I think no. like as much as he's a powerful, powerful person in Australian media and the football landscape as well. And president of the, one of the biggest clubs, he can yeah. fuck off <laughs> in my opinion. Right off. Oh, and I don't, the amount of yeah. gaffes that guy has had. Yeah, how can when you, you stop to think about you it? Say misogynistic, sexist stuff to Carolyn Wilson. Is it racist stuff to Adam Goods? He said multiple racist yep. things in his career. He was um, part of the Footy Show when uh, oh, oh my, he allowed Sam. He facilitated Sam, yeah. Sam Newman. Yeah. for a, the longest of times and oh, sniggered away exactly in the background. And that's, is, this is yeah, and the, the people that are sniggering in the background with that that derision, that that face, that real capitalist red face <laughs> of these oh. Trumpy E. Maguire type characters. Yeah privileged there it is smack yeah. bang on the face well he sucks and i think that port's uh prison bar guernsey looks great and they've been around yeah, for over 100 years so we push collingwood into the yarra and um yeah. and let port adelaide take on the mantle of um of the of the black and whites i think we should that's Maybe we that, should that's what i'm they have been for. around for longer much longer port yeah See, Collingwood have only, were only formed in like 1870 something. Port have been around since 1860. They're one of the oldest like clubs, like 10 or 20 years. They are, and well, and the most successful club in footy anywhere in Australia. Yeah, so arguably quite a case to uh, there to, to wear your original Guernsey that you had first. Yeah. Pull, pull down the statue of Eddie Maguire and chuck her in the arrow. That's what I say. Here, here. Relocate Collingwood to Tassie. <laughs> Oh, send him down there. They'd struggle with the cold. Yeah. Uh, Eddie would, yeah, sure. would. That big red face of his. Oh. <laughs> Keep him warm. Keep everyone warm, really. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, so well, merely this this new yeah. this new COVID footy world. So we got post we, yeah post COVID during well, pre, I guess <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say that in my in my ivory tower here in Australia, feeling very very fortunate that we're very you lucky. know. Things are starting to look okay. We're talking football right now, which is happening tonight. So I feel Ooh. very fortunate. But no, we're very much mid-COVID. So in this mid-COVID world, the football, we got short, it's shorter quarters. What are the changes? Yep. We have, are there 16-minute 16 16 minute quarters? quarters? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. We're mm, plus plus uh, extra time. Uh, so that's, yeah, it's significant. Mm. Um, limits yeah. to... Uh, staff and generally and most clubs have cut back in terms of their coaching staff and also uh, game day personnel by a huge degree because quite sc- the skeletal now aren't they yeah yeah coaches boxes have less uh, people in them now um, obviously no crowds except unless you live in Adelaide <laughs> um, lucky people in Adelaide for once lucky yeah well they'll, they'll have their corporate boxes full but I wouldn't expect there'd be many people in the crowd no it probably wouldn't be mm. unfortunately but um yeah so, hmm, interesting. And now, I don't know about you, but personally... Oh, and a shorter season, obviously. Of course. Yeah. And it might not even finish. <laughs> let's, hope, let's hope there's no well, second yeah. waves here. But uh, I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Um, but what... Yeah, so we've got the shorter season, so 17-round season. So it really makes, you know, every game count nearly, as they always do. But extra, <laughs> extra oh, points big, now. Big. They really count. Well, I heard it on the radio the other day talking about... How if a team loses, you know, four games on the trot, I mean, they're, they're probably cooked for the season, um, yeah. which in, in times past, you, you could, you, you probably were as well, but there's still more of a chance of digging yourself out of the hole. Whereas now it's, it's, it's a bit more like um, NFL in that regard. Like if you get a slow start, because you've only got 
you know, 18 games, then yeah. you're out of it. You're cooked. But you know what? This season is likely to be the fairest season we have had in a long time. Huge. That's my that's my thinking. Give me give me your thoughts on on as to why we play every team once in a like in, in, in a way that makes total sense. We play every team once. There are yeah. eighteen teams. Makes total sense. You can't play thirty six games in the season because it's not the NBA. Mm. Um, and so, well, they play eighty, whatever. But still, you can't play that many games. So you you got to compromise um, because the broadcasters want more. Whereas this year they can't do that. So they dip just one game, one team makes sense. It's incredibly fair. Um, yeah, no crowds. Yeah. Here's the other reason. No crowds will be a massive equalizer. Very suddenly, it's huge, isn't it? Oh, suddenly that positive reinforcement from the for the that the umpires are subjected to, you know, over the West. Yeah. Any, any ground that's parochial, really. No noise um, of affirmation, Emil. No noise of affirmation. Spot on. So that's gonna have an impact, I would say. Massively. Um, and also I think this is not necessarily in terms of fairness, but I think that for all of the people who uh, think that this premiership won't mean as much. Mm. I think it's quite an incredible accomplishment if you can come back um, after the delay that they'd had. Having done the preseason, then having the big, big gap with no training, no um, no club contact until recently, and then come out and, and be the best team. I think that says a lot about team culture, about training standards, about individual responsibility that will mean heaps, I reckon. I, I don't know. I think that it will – I think that it's a, a, a very fair year. Yeah, it's it's an absolute grind, isn't it? That that marathon that the players have been going through through this uncertain period, you know, all the while I've been – I'm struggling to, to – to, to lift the weights, Emil, during the lockdown, let alone being <laughs> keeping a body that's primed for AFL for when you maybe or may or may not return. I guess it would help if I was being paid eight hundred thousand dollars a year to keep fit. But oh, you know, all this. <laughs> hope so. You would hope so. That, that would be enough of a motivation for me. But you yeah. never know. But you're right, Emil. It's um that's a that's a massive grind. And I, my one fear, I think, my one fear as Again, a pessimistic little Saints fan is I fear that if an underdog wins the flag this year, will it count as much? You know, if someone comes out and it's a, it's, well, let's say it's one of ours. Let's say it's the Saints. Let's go all in. If the Saints come out and and they're they're playing some good football and it's in this year where it was a strange year, uncharted waters and St. Mm. Kilda win, I just feel in the back of my head that people will just be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you know, you won in the 2020 year when everything was fucked up. <laughs> Nothing counted as much. Whereas if someone like Richmond or West Coast or um, GWS, let's say, one of these top four, you know. Fits the narrative, doesn't it? Absolutely. So if they win it, you're like, yeah, fair enough. Richmond won it, they're the best team. It makes sense. But whereas if, if, if some, one of the underdog teams win it, if you feel like people will be searching for a reason to discredit this win. Yeah, I think there is. A, you've got a point there. People will people will choose to see the narrative how they do, um, and and it'll just feed whatever they believe already. You know, so I guess yeah. you're right. Without the changes in this season, if it was any other year, like you know Bulldogs 2016, it would just be an amazing year. Whereas because it's this year, if if someone unexpected wins it, then perhaps for a while people will 
have, be able to make excuses for that. But I'm here to counter that argument because I, I believe that this year will be fairer than any that I remember seeing. It's an extra special year, isn't it? It will be. And who would you think then with these new conditions, <clears throat> you know, no crowds, shorter games, playing a run once, who do you reckon are some of the big teams? Or, or give, me, give me a couple of names of teams who you think will really benefit from these uh, changes. Okay, so the biggest change I think that will have an effect will be the shortening of quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and also I suppose teams that are fast starters because you'll have less time subsequently to reel them in. True. Can't um, catch them. Yeah. So, that would have helped the Saints in round one just quietly. <laughs> true enough. It was a game Although of we two were, halves. We, we, were, we were playing short uh, quarters back then. Oh, we were too, weren't we? Yeah. yeah Never yeah. mind. Uh, Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> we will. I do want to uh, ask your thoughts about that game, but um, Please right. No. Yeah. No. Um, who will it help? It'll help. Oh God, I've heard so many different opinions about this. Mm. People are talking about uh, bigger bodies, mature bodies. They'll they'll come to the fore, mm. um, and they they will, but they do all the time anyway. Um, I think that that is more so true in terms of um teams that are able to survive the break without their regular contact and, and stay fit. So those, those teams that have good leadership um, at them, I'm, I'm talking like, yeah, Collingwood, West coast, um, Richmond, Richmond, obviously. Yep. Uh, and, and GWS. GWS. Think, yeah. Yeah. I- they're still the favorites for obvious reasons. Um, and I think that this shouldn't diminish their chances any, although I think that the shorter quarters will actually help the giants, more so than probably any of those teams. Well, I think you've landed there on my hot tip as well, Emil, um, and mm. my take as well on why I think the Giants would be the ones to benefit the most potentially is the is the crowds merely. And I know that Absolutely. they have they have some some big time fans, as we know. Um, I think they've got twenty something thousand members. Like they've got some members. But oh, yeah. I was there last year in the prelim when they played against Collingwood. And there was a lot more Collingwood fans than there were GWS fans. And they got over the line for sure, but yep. uh, the Giants did. But mm. um, this year, you know, that trip, the Giants trip to down to Collingwood, uh, down to the MCG to play them or over to Optus, you don't have, it's, a, it's an even playing field. There's no, exactly. no and, and for a team like that, they, they're used to this. They're used to being the underdogs, the, the, the newest team. Um, no one cares about them. They're used to being outnumbered in the in the crowd, and I think that that they don't care about that at all. They're ready to win. They they seem very focused. They've been driven yeah. these last three years of two prelim losses, a grand final loss, and they're ready to fucking go. And I think this only gives them an, a slighter edge without these big powerhouse clubs having their huge fan bases there to, you know, yell and yeah, scream. Be, be the nineteenth man. Oh, it's massive. What it does Huge. to you, that sound. We all we all heard when we watched in uh round one what the what a difference it made. This vacuous open space where you could hear just the sounds of bodies and not nothing in the crowd. That that won't get you over the line. <laughs> so I think the Giants uh that's they benefit the most from that for me. Well I think they're they're a fast team, they're a skillful team and they score. Um, yes. so they're a really potent forward line. Whereas you look at, you know, Collingwood for instance, and uh, I don't know, like they're a very skillful team, um, and strong and can, um, can run you off your feet, but I don't 
their forward line is just not on the same tier as as the Giants. So no, I, it's I, not. I wonder where their goals will come from um, if they don't. You know, if they if they're not dominating around the ground, I just don't know where their goals will come from if they're not coming from midfield. Yeah, they don't have that dominant power forward, do they? I know they went a little bit, they shopped a little bit over the off season. But who's their main targeting attack? Is it is it Mason Cox? Well, not this week. No, of course, that's right. Um, they've been playing that Sydney guy. Was it Darcy Cameron? Yeah. Okay. Right. I haven't actually seen yeah. them playing. Right. The teams for that. Yeah. So yeah. How do they, apart from they got they got Myacek, they've got you know um, a lot of mids though, got, right? Um, Dugowie. Yeah, that's right. Mids and like powerful mids and and smalls. But if those mids don't, if they don't bring that to the to the ground in their contests, they then they'll be outmarked every time. You know, if they come up against a solid defense. Whereas Giants like this week, like this week. Yeah, like exactly, like this week. Whereas the Giants' forward line is maybe the best one. It's right up there. They've got the reigning Coleman medalist, Jeremy Cameron, who's just firing along mm. every year. Toby mm-hmm. Green's going to stay in the forward line. They got the yeah. they got the, um, who's that? Uh, Himmelberg, and then they have like fring, yeah. fringier players like Finlayson, who still just casually kicked a bag last Bob's year, up. you know, and can, right? and can kick six if he needs to. Um, yeah. And that's not mentioning a heap of other players that they have who are equally talented as hell that's um, right yeah not caleb daniel the other daniel another small the daniel. daniel yeah then <laughs> what's his name uh you know him yeah i do um, Gosh, damn um it. yeah it's, maybe his it's first name's daniel about. who knows maybe we'll daniel find out later one of them um yeah <laughs> All right, so that we we both think the Giants will benefit. I think there's a chance that Melbourne will benefit quite a lot um, Ooh, as demons. well. Yeah, I think there's a good chance. I think they've been they've been underperforming, and I think that like the Giants, um, where the lack of crowds will help them. I think the same could be said for the Demons, not because of the opposition supporters, but because they don't have the pressure of performing in front of their fans after yeah. sixty whatever years of disappointment. Yeah, yeah since Ron Barassi. Yeah, <laughs> the curse. That damn curse. Maybe it can finally be lifted with no one in the crowd. I'm sure they'd be happy to get rid of that curse, if no, even if no one's there to witness it. I see, agree. See, um, Melbourne won. That, they'd be they'd be like a Saints, though, wouldn't they? If it's been that long, 66 for us and 64 for them. If you won in 2020, particularly if you couldn't be there, oof. that would be tough. But I don't know. Oof. I'm an optimist at the moment. The data's looking. We're tracking well, merely. Maybe by September, they will be... Look, they're talking about wanting to have fucking 40,000 fans in like a couple of weeks, which seems ridiculous, but it does. Hopefully by um September, you know, we might be in a different Or October situation. or November. True, true. That's a good point whenever it is. Yeah. Yep. The first weekend in November. Um mm. yeah. We'll have to get through the winter months, I think is the key. Yes. I mean, in terms of like being susceptibility to flu yeah. simmering around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you well, know, all right. Should we get into the tips for this week? I'd love to do that, Emil. This is going to be tough. Right. These are hard. Uh, so, hang on. Are we both picking GWS for the flag then? Yeah, dude. I'm going. I'm going all in. And I know you all said right. this last year. You've been earlier on on them than I have been. But I um, this feels right, doesn't it? It feels right for yeah. them. Three years of Me building, too. building, building, building. It's important for them to get to get this dub for the for the expansion yeah. club. I like the Giants. And- Oh, me too. And and to get put that horrible performance last year behind them, um, 
and I think it suits the narrative that they will have an asterisk next next to their <laughs> flag if they win this year. Like yeah. it suits that little brother new club. Oh yeah, they won, but they it won does, doesn't it? Narrative, and you know, I, I look, I think it means more in some ways, but um, there'll be people who say it means less. I'm coming around to the it means more narrative. To be honest, for a long time now, I was letting, as I mentioned earlier, my St Kilda pessimism weigh in wherever it was mm. a similar club. But I, I, I am tending to agree with you more. I think as time goes by, how how difficult this year is for everyone in football well, you, aside, you, everything. You exactly, and you said it earlier as uh, um, when you said that how the time has made the absence has made the heart grow fonder. Truly, well, I reckon that that the lack of footy is just making me miss it all the more. So, and there'll be less games. Yeah. So each game proportion will feel yeah more precious. Absolutely, our precious all sport right. that we love. So AF Eloquence endorse the Giants for the twenty twenty AFL. F- flag there you go ambassador i know you'll love this one (laughs) (laughs) i know you'll be listening because he's everywhere he's always listening man he's everywhere well do you know Um, what just a moment before we jump on the tips we we actually so our last step was september 2019 and it's june 2020 (laughs) which is very strange that it's been nearly a full year since we did this and i actually listened back to our last step um, just a little bit, just to see where we finished up on. And we were going to do maybe a little trade one. We're going to do a little wrap up later. It was the pre-grand final week. So we actually didn't talk about the grand final, <laughs> nothing to do with the trade period. That's kind of where we left it off, but which is very uh, in tune, in line with AFL. Yeah. Oh, look. It- <laughs> <laughs> is there much to say? I know it's oh. right on the pulse, Millie, but what about that trade right? period? <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. Well, as a Saints fan, I'm not surprised you want to bring it up. I of think course. it's perfect. Of course. Oh dear. They're big winners. Big, big winners. Yeah. And then what does it translate to? Big losers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe, maybe it takes a little while to be cohesive as that's, a team. That's right. We've got to gel. We've got to have, yeah. let's say, maybe uh, an eight to 10 week lockdown period of sorts where you can gel with your team. <laughs> that's what I would like to see. Well, now that they're at Moorabbin, the home of getting together, there we go. Um, it's it's only a matter of time. Um, did I see that they're likely to drop Paddy Ryder this week? You would be correct. I I think yeah they they um, alluded to it. So I guess we'll know. That's true, but I reckon you're on the pulse there, Millie, because I know that. Um, thank you very much, my lovely assistant Trummer just brought me a coffee. You're the best. Um, well, look at that, amazing. Um, and could you hear her? Not at all, because she's incredibly. Silent, Silent. tiptoeing around the mic. She knows what she's doing. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> thanks, babe. Um, she's, used to date, she's used to going out with a podcaster. That's right. A cool guy, a cool podcaster <laughs> like myself. <laughs> Super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, on the, you're on the pulse there, Millie. I think they're going to drop Paddy Ryder. They mentioned there was an article through the week. They were like, oh, shorter quarters may make the Saints j- jig things, rejig their rock structures. And they kind of just mentioned that a few times. And you know when yeah. people start to mention these things, it's like, well, this is probably what's going to happen then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't More seen it. structural long, than? Very much a structural thing. Nothing to do with him, I don't think. Because um, uh, our boy Rowan Marshall can play four quarters in the ruck. If he needs to. Can he what? Because last year was something else, right? Something else. Everyone fell in love with him. Like the whole club, uh, AFL wide was a a fan and knew who Roland Marshall was. Well, you just had to look at his numbers, let alone his impact in games if you watch the games. That's right. Yeah. On par with Brody Grundy of a few years ago. So let's let's hope. Um, But yeah, so maybe it's just that. That's a structural thing. Shorter quarters. 
Don't need to have be so top heavy. I don't think it's anything to do with him. He actually played an, an okay game in round one, but yeah, I guess you know they have a few. They probably watched the game, the vision a bit closer than I have to see what happened in the second quarter. Maybe there's something there, but yeah, nothing. No alarm bells. I don't think. No, I think um, regardless of how many games he plays this year or next year or the year after, he's, he's a worthy acquisition. Yeah, uh, for his for his leadership. Um, That's right, man. If, you know, and and he will play games so. Um, we, we, he can still he's still capable of a lot yeah um, gotta, you know big, gotta, big men play late as well absolutely and he's a great ruckman he's only 31 you can be look at Goldstein yeah. who's about the same age and who you know a couple of years ago he was kind of or well, the last couple of years he was kind of on the trade table and only a year or so before that he was an All-Australian yeah um, and same with Paddy Ryder I think it was two years ago he was an All-Australian obviously he's probably not going to recapture that best form but he's got a lot to teach and he has a young-ish ruckman in Royal Marshall and there's some other young tools um yeah, and, and to have some, um, and then and have an older Indigenous player exactly as well, and, and we have quite a, a good group of um, ind- like Indigenous players at our club now, which we didn't have for a while, Amelia. It was a yeah. bit of a weird yeah. one I mean, through through the late through this last ten year period, about maybe earlier on 2011-2012, I reckon we had like one Indigenous player, and it felt kind yeah. of strange. I know a few people would ask questions like, "Hey, what's going on with the Saints? Why don't we have?" Where's our Indigenous players? What's kind of going on here? But these days, we're yeah. looking like a, a good contingent. Absolutely, yeah. And he's a lovely person. So I'm, I'm glad we've got Paddy still. But let's let's see how we go. I guess see what happens. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, I know we're, just, we're we're still planning on doing tips, but this brings It'll me come. to something I've, I've been wanting to talk about. Yeah. Um, and that is the reduction in list size that has been um, talked about. Uh, I guess as a economic necessity, perhaps. Um, mm. So they're and, talking about reducing list sizes from 40-odd to 30-something, um, mm. a full like 10-person 10, 10 drop, which I think is going to be a disaster um, for some reasons. Um, namely, if you're on the cusp of mm. selection, if you're a bit of a smoky chance to, you know, you're not a sure thing on draft night, you might have been picked up in the rookie draft or a supplementary period as a, as a project player or as a maybe they'll work out or, um, oh, they've got some deficiencies, but, you know, you never know. It's worth worth giving them a run for a couple of years. That just, that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah, and, and, that, that, and that, those people are cult will, favorites. They're Brownlow medalists. Hell they're, yeah. They're, you know, Marlon Pickett's. Well, that's right. Disproportionately indigenous, play, indigenous players are taken in those kinds of spots. Wouldn't, and, and yeah, of course, of course. No surprise. It, it's, it's really, I think it's it's really, um, I, it'll be a boon to state leagues because they'll suddenly have. Yeah, they won't uh, get their best player taken out in the mid-season yeah, draft when they're going for their flag. Or players, yeah. Who are of a caliber that could be playing AFL, but it just—it's—it's it's such a pity. Um, mm. I reckon, and and you just—you'll miss out on those smoky selections. And they—they are truly some of the the most exciting players. And like I said, the cult cult figures. A lot of them come from those really late picks. And and you look back over on over captains and Brown the medalists, and a lot of them have been rookie picks. A heap oh, yeah. of them. Um, yeah, that, that, that is, yeah, it's interesting. Is it, I guess I've heard some ex-players or media, uh, um, people say that they, they worry that, you know, we're being diluted. The quality of players is being diluted because we've got these 18 star clubs now and it's this 44 or however many there are at each club. So there's like hundreds and hundreds of players in this country that's only 25 million and they're worried that the skills have been diluted. But I don't think... That's the case, it's and I don't. Bullshit. Yeah, I don't. I also don't. Don't <laughs> fucking care. I don't watch the game to be like I want a skillful show of athleticism. Like I watch the game what? for the contest. 
I want to see some skillful displays, but it doesn't all have to be perfect. No. And you know what? You know what that reeks of to me? It reeks of me. Reeks to me of ex players going back in game. Mind, the yep. game was better. One hundred percent. No, it's one hundred percent. It's trash. We got a fully professional league now, and. Yeah. If you don't think that the skills have improved thanks to being full-time playing footy, you're an idiot. Yeah, have a look back at the footage. Like, for real. I remember one week when David King was having a a crack on about this stuff, I, for some reason, had watched a replay or was watching a replay with North Melbourne and I think it was North Melbourne and the Saints. And there was a passage of play that was like nothing I've seen today. It was the mongreliest, like, Horrible. It was all out of one of those, you know, comical plays where it's like error, error, out on the full, kicks it back, out on the full to the other guy, back in again, another error. It was laughable. And it's like, oh, yeah, here we go. Docklands instead. Yeah, under the roof. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that's that's like um, a a fellow our age, you know, in their late 20s saying how, or 30s saying how great Triple J used to be and that it's crap now. It's the same kind of person, isn't it? Well, you you hear it in the NBA all the time. In in the NBA all the time, you know, like how much harder things were. How much like, oh, nothing got called as foul. It's real soft now. It's the same kind of thinking. It's just people like funny? to view their era mm. as the greatest era, um, and like to think like to think they were a part of that. And if they can think that if they want to, but if you think that the game is getting less skillful or that the talent pool has been diluted too much, then mm. I think you've you're trying to you're trying to prove something to yourself. Yeah, not actually, you're not actually trying to say anything. That's right. Or, if you subscribe, anything useful, and you're gonna you're gonna lose if you subscribe to that. It's only gonna be you being frustrated when you or whatever when you see a game that's riddled yeah. with mistakes, and you're gonna go, "Well, exactly. look, there we go. I told you." And it's like, "Well, yeah. why? Who cares, man? Just enjoy the contest." <laughs> Too right, and you know what? Two eighty people are getting a, another chance at, at AFL, and God, it it surely that hasn't made it any less exciting to me. It's only made it more exciting. Couldn't agree more. Is it is is money a big thing? Is it a COVID money thing? Is it- okay, so the cutting of list size is definitely a money thing. So the AFL um, borrowed a huge amount, well, remortgaged um, Dockland Stadium in order to cover the COVID period. Really? Um, so they're yeah, and and they're really really worried about. Well, some people within the AFL are really really worried about paying it back. So they want to pay it back ASAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost as though people in the highest level of government have been saying that debt on a large scale is bad for a long time. Interesting. Um, yeah, right. Mm. And yet interest rates at the moment are the lowest they've been in, you know, in our lifetimes, um, yeah. really. So if you're going to have debt, now's a good time to have it because you're not yeah. paying much interest against it. Good debt so and bad why, debt, really. <laughs> that's right. And and after big um, upheavals and economic downturns, the best thing to do is to put that money yeah. back in. Stimulate. And to stimulate. Yes. Yeah. But you can't stimulate. Double the list, and I be say. Austerity. <laughs> Eighty-eight players. They need to go the other way. Eighty-eight players. <laughs> and you know what? I'm putting on the boots, merely. <laughs> I'm oh, gonna give it a crack. Time. Give Give the ambassador a call and turn up to training down at uh, the <laughs> uh, Olympic Giant Park. Stadium. Yeah, I'm gonna get on the Parramatta train to Homebush right now. Mm-hmm. Knock on Dave Matthews' door. <laughs> <laughs> Put down the sax, Dave Matthews. Yeah, yeah, there's a back pocket who's ready to play. <laughs> and number 88 on the list spot. Uh, <laughs> or well, rotten the kneeful. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Shine in the kneeful, my friend. I would. I'd be like a regular Tom Mitchell, just like getting leather poison <laughs> in the back pocket. <laughs> just getting my own, just um, taking the kick ins. 
Yeah. Uh, so it's money. It's money is why they're cutting down. They shouldn't, and because they, they just can't support clubs in the as much as they as they will need if they um, yeah. if the clubs don't cut huge amounts of money from their Club, budget. So yeah, for clubs like cap, mine, cap spending is going to be down. yeah, man. Clubs well, like mine, thing. who keep on uh, there are a lot of people stucking worried. Funds. Yeah. Right. Well, no, it's not just that, but a lot of clubs are worried about like they've they've left um, gaps in. Oh, they've 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 um, front ended contracts so that they'll have salary cap room to go after big players in the next little while, right? And so if you pay less than a certain percentage of the salary cap, then you are able to um, pay ten percent over for a period of time um, yes. equal to I think what you've been paying under. So yep, that's, right. that's yep. what the blue. That's what the Blues have been doing in order to get a big fish or you know whatever, make some waves. Um, Whereas there's a chance that that won't be allowed now, so it's, it's oh for real, kind of, yeah. There's a chance. Well, they're going to lower for our clubs because we've been doing well, it as well. They've been spending the right. minimum amount in the cap, so they've been accruing it over those years. And it was kind of a bit of a funny joke because um, <clears throat> people kept saying like the Saints just war need A grade talent, and they got a war chest and they do it. It's like <laughs> yeah, we know. Love it. <laughs> yeah, what do you think we we're know. Money? Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. We're just we're just saving with these low interest rates right now. <laughs> Smart investment from the Saints. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, that's, that's uh, we'll see. We'll see what it does. It'd be a real pity um, if if that really affected um, clubs' plans. I yeah. think that's dumb. And I guess I guess the only the best way to make money at a club is just on on field performances, isn't it? So mm-hmm. for for particularly for us, the Saints, who are more in debt than I don't know what the Blues sitch is. I don't think you're too bad. Uh, but St Kilda's uh, one of the worst. They've made big. They've made big steps in the last uh, three years. Three paying. Well, you've got um. Kane, little Lil Kane, and the Lil East, Kane. and the and the Northside boys. Yeah, dude, um, <laughs> he's got Kane. the change. He's got the cheddar. <laughs> he brings the bread. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he knows what's good. He wants that seventy k members. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he would have helped, wouldn't he? But and we we've got we've got Andrew Bassett now, only president, who's the the uh, CEO of Seek, who's a businessman. Andrew so, Bassett, the Bloodhound. That's right, the Bloodhound himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he can, um, he can sniff his way. Yeah, <laughs> 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 sniff his way out of debt. <laughs> um, let's hope, but, uh, uh I reckon. oh, well, so Amelie, all right, shall tips. we tip them? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Well, I, I know we teased right. with the tips about 20 minutes ago, but here they come. That was just the tip. Yeah. Now here's the real thing. Now, now here's the full list. Um, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, tonight, Thursday, 11th of June, uh, oh my God. 740 at the G. <gasps> it's happening. I can't believe it's happening. It's actually, I got a wave oh, of yeah. excitement, like a child on yeah. the night before Christmas. That's right. Actually rush. In- Oh man, what's that? Eight hours in eight hours' time, we'll be watching the bounce. Watching, well, it would have just started. Ah, oh, amazing! How nice is that? I'm incredibly keen. Three minutes in, we'd be mm-hmm. unreal with, so. with with canned crowd sounds and all. <laughs> yeah, so that's the go, isn't it? I know. Yeah, I know the last track. <laughs> Put a regular sign. We, sh- we should go full Seinfeld when people make like <laughs> you know Josh Bruce missing goals in the goal square. You know, f- put the <laughs> 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 oh gosh. Um, All right, which 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 side's going to be the uh, Jerry and which one's going to be the Newman in this instance? Oh gosh, Jerry would have been. Rich, Jerry Richmond. is Richmondy, hundred percent. But yeah. but more of the past, right? Maybe yeah. this is Richmond now is the Jerry that doesn't care and things start going better for him when he just doesn't care um, yeah. Yeah. as much. Start starts dating models and yeah. Things. 
better ways. Really, yeah. It's a sitcom, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and then I guess Collingwood, the rival, is is the Newman. Red-faced. Yeah. yeah. And also... Eddie Maguire and Newman. Yeah, there we go. Oh, oh of course. Newman is Eddie Maguire. Um, yeah. And, you know, Newman is a kind of a secondary tier character, whereas Jerry's a, you know, and, and not that Collingwood are, but at the moment in this context of these two clubs they are mm. richmond's the two premierships they're the favorite they're the, so they're the jerry collingwood's the newman <laughs> and i'm yeah. and i am tipping god damn it this is a really hard game isn't it because no one fucking knows what's going to happen good news so, good news a couple of good news stories while you uh get off the long run to your tip um yes, jack please. higgins returning oh that's great yeah wow. brain surgery yeah Pr- pretty huge Pretty huge news. Goal, goal of the year winner, Jack Higgins. In his first comic. year. Oh, jokes in the middle of uh, Brownlow Night. Middle of the huddle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And of course he did. That's right. He'd tell jokes and amp them up. What a, what a, what a f- interesting role that man has. There's like an 18, 19 year old with a bunch of, you know, men ranging from his age to like 12, 13 years older than him. And he's there telling jokes and pep talks. It's pretty cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just glad he's back. It's such good news. Oh, yeah. Hey, Mealy. I'm going the fucking. I'm going the going the pies, man. I'm going the pies. Are you? Yeah. Right. Yep. Tell me through that. Mm. I um. Well, I think that one. No one knows. Two. Sure. So, I I don't know who would want to win this game more. I think Richmond are the better club, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of I'm more just saying this is a, you know, toss that coin. It easily could be Collingwood. Same ground together. Who's hungry? Jordan Goey looks dang good. He looks so good. Um. Yeah. I'm going to go the pies. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I don't think, yeah, like you, this, mm. uh, choosing the winner on this one is not black and white, which is why I'm choosing Richmond. There we go. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think Richmond, they've just been the best side of the last few years. Yeah. Um, they're going to be, they're going to come out of this well drilled, well focused. I'm not saying Collingwood won't, but they just have a better team, Richmond. So they've got a forward line. Um, Collingwood don't really have a forward line. Yeah, that's it for this game. Man, as, we men- as we mentioned before, hey, if that doesn't, if they don't fire, if they don't bring them to, to ground, the, the Tigers will get all over them. But I don't know. I've got a little feeling. Pies might be a bit, a bit hungry. Hot well, I reckon, if they, I reckon if they do, it's going to be thanks to, in, in no small part, to Brody Grundy. Yes. Big Grundy. Yeah, that's, the, that's the one area of the field they've got a clear advantage. Yeah. If they smash them in the mid, in, well, from the hit outs and then uh, if their midfield fires. No disrespect to Toby Nankervis or Ivan Solo, but he's just not, they're not on the same level. No, Grundy's the dominant Ruckman. Mm, um, something else. So that's tonight's game. What a cracker. Tonight. What a privilege that we get to witness this. I also feel like uh, just round one, when we were watching it, everyone was kind of watching, not knowing what was going to happen with the world. So I know I was personally a bit disheartened, as a lot of us were. You know, it was kind of it was surprising to me that watching the football was like, uh, been waiting for this for since the off season, and and it's been and yet spoiled. I don't really care because the world's yeah. fucked. But now, oh my gosh, renewed oh, yeah. enthusiasm! Like I, I, I don't man. care that no one's in the crowd. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to watch. You're right. Oh man, exciting. I'm yeah, very excited. Mm. Um. Okay. Next game. Uh-huh. Friday, uh, seven fifty <gasps> down. Uh, down at the cannery. Could you believe it's? Oh man, it's another good game. Uh, it's the cats and the horse. Classic rivals um, mm-hmm. of these past twenty years, and 
Hawthorne traveling down to GMHBA, which I believe is the first time since like the 90s that they've played there. Is that right? Yeah, it's a long time. It makes sense. If we were a reputable uh, AFL podcast, I would actually tell you the precise dates. But I'm not going to do that. Fact without notice. <laughs> yeah, you can look those details up yourself. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, uh, Google get busy. Yeah, do it now. You probably own your phone. Whoever's listening. Um, yeah. But uh, the Hawks or oh, the Cats even did a cheeky little thing. I think on their Instagram, it was just sharing a Google Maps screenshot of how to get from Waverley to um, GMHBA Stadium for like Geelong, that. which is like that. a bit of fun, I reckon. Um, yeah, and now, good. in terms of tips, hmm, this is going to be one of those ones, isn't it? There's no noise of affirmation. Is is it as tough to play down there without the crowd? I think it still is. I think it's still a I weird think, yeah. ground. I think it's still swirly. I know that Hawthorne, if, if any club's gonna gonna spoil <clears throat> someone's party like this, it's Hawthorne and Clarko, you know, if they were gonna go down there and um, beat beat Geelong, it'd be a team like the Hawks. But the only reason I'm sticking with Geelong, the only reason is because Jaeger O'Meara is out of the Hawks team. Yeah, um, that's fair. And that is it. If he was in it's a late-ish change. If he was in, I actually reckon the Hawks might have got up because I think they're, I don't know, it's, it pains me to say it, but Hawthorne are still fucking good. Yeah, they're still they good. And yep. the Cats, I think, are going to slip a bit this year. I don't know. No Tim Kelly. Okay. Everyone's getting a bit older. Well, on that, on but that. Been, it's been saying that for years, was, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think, I think you're spot on. Like last year, mm. I anticipated them dropping, but, you know, Tim Kelly had a, a cracker of a year. They played better than most people were predicting, made it through to the finals and then were bundled out, you know. Mm. Um, this year, what is going to make them better from last year? I mean, yeah. Jack Stevens going to help, but he doesn't offset the loss of Tim Kelly. No, he like, doesn't. No, that's right. Um, and, you know. And, and especially and, not if he's out because of stab wounds. A stab wound in the chest. Like, you're not going to be at your best anytime soon. I know he's training everything, but. Yeah, he put wow. his hand up for selection. Yeah, gosh. While well, his other hand's guarding his chest from another stabbing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He's not. It's not quite the. Um, it's not quite Tim Kelly. I don't, I don't know internal growth for for them, but that's what everyone has, right? You can't always rely yeah. on your youngsters, and also Geelong haven't been. They haven't picked youngsters. They don't have a, a list of you know bunch of top 10 draft picks they've only got a couple no. i think the last you know they they took jordan clark last year or the year before who's a great young player and then mm-hmm. there's a couple others like i don't know where nakai cockatoo was he was probably about like the mid-teens or something but yeah he was, of, a, he was a pretty early pick and he's much touted but hasn't done that much yet no he's just been injury prone he's just really really injury prone so i don't yeah. know where it's gonna is there come henry from. as well is he a player for geelong Jack Henry. Yep, you are yeah. onto it. And he's good. He's Young a player. defender. He's like a big bit of a stopper. So I think he's yeah, uh, okay. maybe he's a bit more than just a stopper. I think he can take a mark. I think he's actually pretty handy. And he is young. But yeah, Jack Henry's name. He's a, yeah. Shows how well we know the uh, the cat's merely. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I, we I just named know. a few. We did. Jack Henry, that's a name. Jack Steven, another yeah. Jack. Yep. Maybe they're rivaling Saps. the uh, Saints for Jacks. Oh, everyone's got some Jacks, man. Um, yeah, these are very. They've cool also man. got. They've also picked up Sam DeKoenig, who is um, oh Tim Carlton, Carlton um, mm. Tom. That's right. Who of course, he's played a couple of games for the Blues and will be our long term ruck replacement. Perhaps we'll see. Who knows? Yeah, how's he he's looking? I always I like. I remember him in the draft year. He's mobile and sprightly and bouncing around and looked raw, but also looked very exciting. Yeah, just. Coming along as big men do, taking time. Um, he, nice. He's no, yeah, yeah. Um, he 
it's it's unsure. I think the club's unsure about whether or not he makes a ruckman or a forward. Um, so I guess with the with the ruck stocks the way they are, it's kind of fine. We've got Cruiser for another few years. We've got Pitney to cover, and 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 um, oh, Mark Pitney at some point. Of sure. course, my uh, my housemate Ruby's cousin, Mark Pitney. Really? Yeah. So maybe he's another in. Really? I know we've been. Oh, you know, hello. you know, <laughs> you know. My let's leave the tips aside for a moment. You know how long uh, <laughs> I've been trying to get in that inner sanctum at the Saints. Well, maybe a long term ambassadorship. Long term goal. Yeah, that's right. Come on, Claire White. I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> maybe Ruby, via, via Ruby through Mark Pitney, just another in to the blues if we need Mealy. I know he's a newcomer, but might have some, oh, no. uh, some ins- well, insight, intel. I reckon he will. Um, I have to I have to hit him up. That's <laughs> <laughs> Pitto. Yeah, right. Big Pitto. Um, all right. So you're going the Cats. We're going the Cats. I'm, I'm, I think that's a wise bet, um, but I'm going the Hawks. Yep, going the Hawks. Nice, think, you're doing it. Yeah, just, yeah, look, I think GMHBA will be to their advantage. I mean, the Cats, that is, obviously. But I think, mm. I don't know, I just, I, just, I, just, I just fear the Hawks still. Me too. Clarko. I, I just feel like oh, would, they would fucking bob up in a year like this and just be good and win it. Yes. Like they would. It is very I Hawthorne. It's oh, yeah, Darth Vader. They, <laughs> they, um, yeah, <laughs> they would, wouldn't they? And uh, the Empire Strikes Back in 2020. Yes. Thank you. There we go. I was, yeah. I, was trying to, I was trying to get something there, but I was grasping. Um, oh, dude. Well, there Much we go. Like Luke grasping for his hand, just being sliced off. Gone. Sorry. Hawthorne <laughs> won again. Okay. It doesn't stop. Yeah. I'm very uh, void of Star Wars puns, to be honest. I'm not a big <laughs> Star Wars man. Well, space, space is a void, Bart, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, you can't hear my puns in space. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Um, that's funny. <laughs> and, hear the crowd. No, <laughs> <laughs> but this this is a good indicator here, Millie, of um, how little we know, or the public knows, or maybe one of us knows very well what's going to happen. Maybe it's you, Richmond and Hawthorne are going to win, but we uh, haven't picked one the same here. We're not in. What's like, the opposite of lockstep? Anti lockstep? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Unlocked step. Unlocked step. <laughs> uh, Saturday, the thirteenth of June. Uh, mm-hmm. At one forty-five, mm-hmm. uh, up up at the Gabba, mm-hmm. um, the Lions and the Dockers in the hub. Ooh, yeah. big battle in the hub. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Lions just yep. straight up, really, because they're a better team. Um, and you know, Frio's Frio's got some pretty cool players now. I'd, I'd be, um, I guess, I'd be relatively excited if I was a Frio fan. But I'd, I'd also be a bit new coach. Saddened. Well, yeah, like that's true. Got Longmire. I've got the new coach effect. Um, which that they didn't get bounce. that new coach bounce. They didn't get it, did they? They were the team that ruined the new coach bounce theory, I think, because we won, Blues won, and the yep. other club, North Melbourne won. That was it. They did, and they then Frio, yeah, absolutely. And then Frio the didn't do it, which is very maybe it's because in the western side of you know it's actually a back. It's like a north south southern hemisphere thing. The oh, water runs the different way in the northern hemisphere. You know, it's over there in Frio. Win the last game with exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll win. It's his last game of coach. Um, yeah, look, it's so not, just, not this game. Not this game. That's right. Okay. Not. But yeah. Long story short, they're not winning this game. <laughs> the Lions. <laughs> I, I, I'm very interested to see how Fremantle play um, under the new coach, um, mm. given that Ross Lyon had such a clear, distinctive kind of negative style. So mm. who knows? Um, there could be a completely different team under him. Although, you know, I, I, I don't think – they're not quite there yet. They no. Need some time. And Jesse Hogan needs to play, and he might play this week, but he still doesn't look 
right. Um, yeah, he's got that. If he plays, he'll be underdone and, and things aren't working out that well. Remember when he won the Rising Star over Patrick Cripps? Just saying. Wow. Yeah. And like, I see why, but the last few years have been damn tough on Jesse Hogan. And Patty Cripps is going to be a Hall of Famer, <laughs> most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, Frio. The one last thing on them is it. Excuse me. It would be a shame that you've lost uh, Lockie Neal, Brad Hill, and um, who else? Langdon. I think I rate Langdon yeah, as well. Yeah, Third yeah. in that tier, but like Lockie Neal could have won the Brownlow last year, and um, Brad Hill to right is a is a great player who's twenty six. He's still, I know, he's at, his, he's at a weird third club, Brad Hill, and he's 26. There's some NBA God. stuff going on there. True. Three rings. There we go. Let's hope. Oh, he does, doesn't he? He does have three rings. He does. He got Already. all three. Yeah. He needs Gosh. three on the other hand. He needs another three. It's symmetry. It's, it's important. <laughs> um, uh, so the lines for us both, merely. Um, the next game of the round, uh, at my Dockland stadium at four thirty-five on Saturday, it's blues and Melbourne. Um, and I'm going to just jump straight in and, uh, oh, f- actually I just had a change of heart mid, mid sentence. <gasps> oh my God. No, I felt it. Um, no, oh, you go. Fuck, I don't <gasps> no, I want to hear you go, Emil. I'm like, okay. you sit in this squirmy, talk it out to me, talk it out to me. What okay. So the, the factors that I'm thinking of are under David Teague, we've been late starters who have mm-hmm. roared back to life late in the game. Tough um, with the short to, quarters. Yeah. Tougher with the short quarters. Um, Melbourne don't like Docklands as much, but in the last few mm. years, I've found a way to win there. That was um, the big we one do for well, me. Yeah. We do well with big crowds. Um, so obviously no crowd, I think benefits them probably. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think then again, the emotional, you know, Eddie Betts coming back, the team is going to love that. Mm. Um, and having Harry Mackay really, um, straightens us up as a, as a, as a forward line, but I got to go Melbourne. Yeah. You're doing it. Yeah. Oh man. Do you think they, do you think Melbourne might just want it more? Like, do you think, do you, do you think there's still pain from, from last year? Absolutely. They think they're in their window. I mean, yeah. they, they think they sh- they're in the window. They ought to be in their window looking at the list profile. Max Gorn has a blonde mohawk. So how can you yeah, be? What's going on here? Yeah. Who, <laughs> who, who in our team has a haircut like that? No one. Gee, yeah. They really don't. Maybe that's maybe that's what's missing. If Paddy Cripps had a big blonde mohawk, right? I, I don't know if it could make him any better because he's already Superman, but maybe just give you that slight edge. I think, I think the, aerodynamically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to mention some aerodynamic stuff with Patty Cripps's hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the the one the big factor I was thinking there as to why I was potentially going to pick Carlton is that Melbourne, yeah, have been so poor at, at Docklands for many years. But last last year or so, they've actually kind of turned that back, so it's not as big a thing anymore. So I'm also going to pick the the D's, but I hope the Blues win for you, my friend. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's an each way bet for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tip right or I my team win. And that's I reckon Harley Bennell, you know, I hope he plays and I hope he, hope he does well. Hope, That'd be hope awesome. He uninjured. Me too. I'd love to see that. It'd be awesome. Everyone bit would, good, I'm bit, sure. of, bit of good footy news. That's a long time to be injured with sore calves. It's like 10 years of just battling oh, sore calves. Man. Played two games since 2015 or something? Crazy. That's full on. Right? Maybe not. I Maybe reckon so. The, the listeners yeah. can check. <laughs> Might as well be. Use Google. <laughs> Quote it. Quote a meal though. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, at seven forty, uh, over here, well, let's go with the um, actual yeah, seven forty in uh, Adelaide. Mm, yeah, 
Yep. I'm just trying to think. It says on the AFL app, it's a 7.40 my time. My time. Games. Yeah. So that means I guess that it's starting at 7.10 Adelaide time. Yes. Um, Port take on the Crows in the showdown, the the Battle of the Vars, um, the, you know, crowds, crowd of people. Uh, Port are just going to smash them. I, I agree. Really, <laughs> yep, I, reckon, I hope they I really hope pump they them. Do. Me yep. too. Everyone always. Yeah. And I like Port's team. Like the players. Yep. I like, I love their young players. They were awesome. And it pains me, you know, Connor Rosie was kind of the player that I maybe wanted to take where, around where Max King was. Obviously, I knew we were always going to take Max King and I don't regret taking Max King at all. But I loved Connor Rosie and seeing him do what he did last year was like, oh, yeah, he's doing it at the at this next level up, the things he was doing at um, junior level, which is so cool. But uh, he's a champ. He's also a diehard Saints fan, which was another reason I wanted him to come. But um, well, maybe in a couple of years' time, once uh, the the Port era has has folded, maybe yeah. yeah. Let's see, um, but yeah, I I really hope that they that Port win and that they pump the Crows. They they got a far better team, and I hope they do. But you know, showdowns are one of those things. They're a bit of a equalizer, but maybe they're not because there's no crowds. So. Fuck, who knows? Port have a better team and Port are way on top of the ladder with their big percentage yeah, right. boost. It was pretty funny. That was huge. Yeah, fuck the Crows. Uh, the, the, they fight, they break quarantine rules. They yep. yeah. uh, have stupid And they're racist. <laughs> they're racist. They can fuck right off. Yeah, see you later, okay. Crows. Collingwood of South Australia. Um, yes. All right. <laughs> yeah, they should wear their prison bar. Sorry, go on. They absolutely should. 7.40 up on the Gold Coast, uh, second of the hub games. Um, got the Suns and the Eagles in probably the most mismatched round, game of the round. It is, but I have a few words about it. Um, I, th- I think that – I know that Gold Coast have actually a few players back that are pretty integral for them. They have – and they're not huge names, but they're names like uh, Harbrow, who is – yep, he's a good player. He's really Very important good for them. Hanley's back. Pierce Hanley's back for them as well. Yeah. These players didn't play round one. And also, um, what's his name? Is it Rory Thompson, the defender? He's like yeah. a, he, he had like a hip issue or a knee issue, so he's out all last year and he's back as well. So there's a few key players that are important to that club. They're not superstars, but they are important to the structure of that team. And I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm tipping West Coast. I know this run-in seems to say maybe I'm not. I'm going to tip West Coast, but I don't think they're going to pump them. Over there in this well, new world, it's two clubs. I'm also forgetting. Yeah, I'm forgetting the, the, the traditional fast start that the Gold Coast have. Now they had a little blip yes. in the first round, but that's not to say that they, they won't always, recapture that early early season form. They really do. They do it every fucking year, don't they? About three or four weeks of fast starting, and then they just drop off. So it, this is, I reckon West West Coast will win, but it'll be closer within you know within the twenty thirty point margin. I reckon it'll be closer than people think. That's my guess. I like that. I like it. I um, I'm also backing the Eagles. Um, but you know, I I could see the Gold Coast giving a good shake for a bit. Um, I think just as a quick aside, I think that the Eagles we we talked about teams that are going to benefit most from uh, the changes of circumstance. I think that the Eagles are going to benefit the least out of it. Um, not because of the quarter length, but simply because not being able to play over at Optus in front of you know sixty thousand screaming diehard. West Coast Eagles fans. Absolutely. Because you can put a lot of those in the book pretty much straight away. Mm-hmm. Certain clubs just record, don't win. record at home. Yeah. They get that. Like yeah. certain clubs, like mine included, just don't really win over there <clears throat> or haven't for years. So yeah. there's certain matchups that they can pretty much write in as a win, which they won't have this year. So good point, Muley. 
Um, okay, so we're both on the Eagles for that. Sunday at 105, um, the Giants and North Melbourne at, at Giant Stadium in Sydney with a, the other another game with a little crowd. Yes, I um, they might not actually notice the uh, COVID measures up at <laughs> Stadium. Just selling uh, tickets as normal. <laughs> yeah, um, I could could say the same to be honest for the round one fixture of St Kilda and North Melbourne in our traditional Sunday slot. Actually, no, it was a Saturday, but uh, we oh. should have been four forty on a Sunday because that's what time we normally like to play at. Um, but yeah, we very much could have well, said the same Sunday, thing. You're the same. It's a holy thing. Yeah, you? it's it's the Sabbath day, and we must keep it holy. Um, <laughs> I think the Giants are going to fucking smash them. Love it. Fucking smash them. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I think the Giants them. are uh, solid favourites because they're perhaps the best team in the comp. Yeah. Um, and North are not that. They could be be- They could be good. And under mm. Reese, sure, they showed some good signs, but they just don't have that talent. And, mm. and they they're injured. Ben- yeah, they won't be benefited at all by playing in, at the Giants Stadium. Unlike, you know, down in Hobart where the local conditions make a huge difference, yeah. regardless of crowd. They're good down there. Crowd, the wind is too loud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the southerlies are so strong stadium. there. Mm. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm back in the Giants too. Yeah. I, I, yeah that's, you're bang on. Different story down at Blunston. Up here, hard work. And I don't think – like North beat us in round one, but that first quarter, maybe they were just playing really poorly. They didn't look – amazing and we cut them up and then we did a big saints thing and just kind of gave up a bit and they admittedly started playing a lot better as well but i think the, the giants aren't st kilda if the giants gave if the giants were 30 40 points up at half time like they were against like we were yeah. against the ruse they they wouldn't <clears throat> let that lead slide i don't think no no i think you're right giants um, baby okay giants it is 335 at the scg um sydney and the dons so these two teams, I think, are really hard to get a read on. Really um, hard. I, I just I don't know where they're at. Essendon's been kind of quiet. Am I right in saying that? I haven't yep. really heard a lot about from Essendon. And in the past, okay. they seem to talk a lot more about their <laughs> trades and their big movements. And they're, they're, they make themselves relevant without, you know, really doing a lot in terms of like winning finals and whatnot so but maybe this year's approaches <laughs> <laughs> maybe this year's approaches um is uh is better though because i haven't heard much from them yeah. um well the only thing i've heard from them really over the period is injuries. uh injuries uh, mm. yeah no 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 joey d um mm. Heppel might play this week um we no tipa no no fantasia fantasy yeah. um yeah well where, where are their goals coming from um, you know, yeah, like Jake Stringer can't get ten. Yeah, yeah, right. They who's still that, have Papley and like? Heaney in in Sydney, so they they still have True. avenues to goal, and Essendon don't as much, do they? Um, they don't. I, I, Heaney had such a good game in that one as well. Oh, I know he was quite scary, good, wasn't he? He yeah. he could be a Brownlow medalist, couldn't he? Far out, I reckon. He really um, could be. And they got what's his name? That um young talk Blakey as well. Yeah, Nick Blakey, of course. Completely forgot about him. The lizard man. What do they call him? Lizard or something? Some horrible <laughs> name. Because he looks like the that. lizard out of um, Men in Black or something. I don't know. Some some yeah. mean nickname that he's got from his friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, conversely, I think Andy McGrath could be a Brownlow medalist for the Bombers, but he yes. doesn't play in the forward line. You know, he doesn't have that height. He he's a creator. He comes off the back of the pack and, and yeah. uses the ball beautifully. He does. But um, he's not that player. And you know, Darcy Parish, he's good, but he's. You know, I'm just think, trying to think of comparisons to yes. being young. 
Sydney. budding stars up in Sydney. Yeah, I know. And all of this, yeah. all of this aside, I, 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 I think the Dons m- might win. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to tip the Dons. It's weird tipping them away, and there's so much unknown about this. It is a bit of a coin toss, but I'm going to go the Dons. Don't know why. Yeah, don't oh, know why. I, I also forgot that. Um, by the way, I was just looking through Essendon's team list. I forgot when I mentioned Andrew Phillips before for the Blues that he switched to. Essendon. Oh, of course, Talk yeah. One of the uh, there's not many players who've really done that either, is there? No, that no, have gone from Carlton to Essendon. No, or although Greg we- Greg Williams was working at Essendon for a bit. Really? He's all yeah. Well, well, you got to you know yeah. post career, you got to get him earn a buck somewhere. <laughs> Work where you can. That's right. Um, yeah. All right. Um, I, I, I see that. Um, let's 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 take ourselves out of unlock step for a bit because I'll tip the Swans. Nice. There we go. Yep. We, we we got a nice lock step in the middle there. But yeah, uh, we're back out. Let's, yeah. Let's we're, see how we go to the last game of the round. Wow. Ooh wee. Tradi- another traditional uh, slot. Six oh five on a Sunday. <laughs> Everyone's favourite time slot. This has got to be a broadcast to call. They must really want this slot so they can get prime time on Sunday night. One hundred percent. Just want people watching the footy on a Sunday night from their comfort of their homes, which in this world isn't too bad. The six oh five pm slot, but I'd, and I'd, I think that it'll actually be a sneaky good game. I hope so. Um, We've historically played some pretty good games between each other for the last 10 or so years, really. Or like when we were good in 09, 10, those few years there was we had cracking games. And then in in the last year or so, we also have some pretty good games. But um, both at Marvel, the fast deck, the Dogs were maybe the most disappointing team from round one. What did they score? It was like 70-something to 60. uh, No, 86 to 34. Against the, the expectations were high, um, very high. They, they were they were poor, very poor. Yeah, they were, and we were as well, obviously. And, and same with with similar high expectations for another reason, not as high as theirs in terms of potentially in the flag or whatnot, but high um, in regards to our trade period and the yeah. new coach and the new season and whatnot. But um, we were also disappointing, but not as disappointing as them. Mm-mm. Um, so, how do you think this game is going to go? I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a bit of a seesaw. I think so as well. Um, interesting, Joshy Bruce. I assume he'll be playing. So, across from the Saints to the Dogs. Yeah. So, what I reckon is pretty much a steal. I thought it was a steal then, a steal now. Interestingly, yeah, when we talked about it in the, when when this trade was happening, people were kind of talking. You know, that saying Josh Bruce is only worth this much. He's only worth you know a couple of this pick, a second and a third, or a second round pick. And then as soon as the trade went through, everyone's like, "Gee, they got him for unders, didn't they?" It's like. <laughs> As we're all talking him down, like uh, <laughs> a shrewd kick in a season. Pretty much every year for the last four years, he's kicked like at least 35, 40 goals yep. and yep. in a shit club. Like, yeah, he looks like a bit of a hack, but every now and then Josh Bruce will take like seven or eight contested marks in a game and kick six goals. So, And he does that like it's not that rare that he'll do something like no. that. So I think it's a well, great it's a- I think it's so too. And with, with their young kind of forward line that, you know, with Shacky and, um, and Norton, yeah. they've got suddenly they're looking pretty potent. Um, and for a team that's struggled for key forwards for a long time, um, they've got three pretty handy players up there now. They really do. Um, and, and, it, and one of the best midfields in the comp. So yeah, they could good. be, they're good, they could be very they? good. They really they should, could. They should be very good. And that, um, you know, giving protection to Norton. So he's not just the one big body. Oh, and same with Shacky, Shacky up there, having Bruce there. Um, 
I think all of these reasons and the fact that they're just a bit further down the line than us is that they will probably get the dub over us. I'm going to tip them, unfortunately, but a um, bit of an each-way bet, merely. Yeah, I, I, I too um, am going to tip the Bulldogs and not because I think they're that much better than the Saints, um, although they, they could be really good, um, but so could the Saints. I just think the Saints need more time to gel with their important new personnel, whereas the Dogs have had that same core group together for the last couple of years um, with only a few additions or subtractions. And they've got Liberatore back, and he's very important for them. Yeah, ag- agreed. We need more time, more cohesion. The dogs have got more to play for. Um, there it is, Millie, our hot tips. Well, yeah. Hot round hot two. For first, tips <laughs> first tips of the year, round two in I June. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, yes, that's right. Who would have thought? Um, and our yeah. meal. Do you, do you yes. have something for me, my favourite, our favourite segment of our show? I do. And I suppose, like, given that it's a nine-month hiatus between apps, I think going going for a bit of a longer one first up is is, is nice. Um, Absolutely, it is. Give, give people the content they, they, they've been craving. Hell, yeah. Um, That's so, why, yeah, we're going to go cool. a longer app, but you deserve yeah. it, fans. That's right. <laughs> it's for you. It's for you. <laughs> it's Enjoy time for a little it. AFL history. Um, <gasps> yes. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, we're going to start in April of 1917. Oh, 1917, during World mm-hmm. War One. Yeah, the, well, yeah, the USA enters World War One. Oh my God! <laughs> At the time, they had armed forces of some 378,000. Is the USA? Mm-hmm. By contrast, Germany, who were obviously the leading power of um, in, in, opposed to the Allies, uh, started the war back in 1914 with 3.8 million. So wow. A uh, little, little discrepancy there. Ten times. Some quick mm-hmm. maths from me here. It's about ten times. <laughs> Whoa, that's, that's fast. Thank you, I know. <laughs> Very quick. Um, so subsequently, America uh, upped, upped their military intake. They announced conscription in June um, and set up huge training camps around the country, um, 32. Each, each one of them had about twenty five to 50,000 personnel through it at any one time. Wow. Um, and by the end of the war, the U.S. military had mobilized over 4 million troops. So they got busy. Gee, is this the start of when the, the USA really started to be like, hey, military, we should, uh, we should fund the shit out of the military? I mean, apart from locally, they hadn't been a dominant world military force until this point. Okay, yeah, right. Cause they were rich and they were big dogs locally, but they didn't really do much outside of the area. They just invaded Mexico from time to time or, you know, taking interest in... Still doing down in South Africa. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, yeah, right. Fair. Yeah. Um, okay. In March of uh, 1918, um, more than 100 soldiers at Camp Funston in Kansas were struck down with flu-like symptoms. Oh, gosh. Within think- a week, that, that number had quadrupled. Oh, quadrupled. no. They need to flatten this curve, Millie. I know how they, what they should do. I've got some new terms that I've learned this year that I can apply to this. Could be relevant. Maybe. I don't know what you're talking about, Mark. I'm seeing some similarities here, Millie. Please go on. This is a, it's a footy story. By May of that year, uh, only a couple of months later, um, the recruits were ready and the USA started to ship hundreds of thousands of people across the Atlantic. Um, at the peak of the summer in, in 1918, there were 10,000 U.S. soldiers a week arriving in Europe to fight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, the cramped conditions in their camps, 
the cramped conditions on the transports over overseas, and then of course the trench warfare that was engaged um, on the Western Front in World War One. But they would have been hold on. Uh, they would have been all physically distancing, though, right? Socially yeah. distancing. Socially distancing. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, isolation, the, the works. Um, yeah, they're at war, but they knew that they had a greater responsibility for the public. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so that was that was that, that period where they where the U.S. soldiers got sick and, and brought it over to Europe. Um, that's that, that, that's known as the first wave um, of that flu. Um, it was reasonably mild, and mortality rates weren't much higher than it other flu seasons so people weren't overly concerned so for instance there were seventy-five thousand deaths in the usa from flu that year compared to sixty-three thousand, which was only a few years before so it was you know bad but uh you know only three years earlier and growing population as well yeah so people were like oh this is bad but they didn't realize um so yeah it spread into europe through the troop movement and obviously the cramped conditions of the military it was the perfect vessel for it also in, in years previous with flu um obviously the most uh, vulnerable would have just stayed at home, whereas those who had mild symptoms would go out and about into the, you know, into into the world and 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 spread that milder version of the illness. Whereas mm. in this instance, if you were in the military and you're sick, if you're mild, mild, you'd stay in the trenches. Whereas if you're really sick, you'd go to the cramped hospitals. You know, ah, uh, that's where, away. You, yeah, that's where you <laughs> want to go. <laughs> yeah, riddled with yeah. disease. You should bring your spanish flu or whatever you got into these cramped quarters that's a good idea i reckon great idea um and so by august there was a second outbreak the second wave um it began more or less simultaneously uh in the usa france and you guessed it mm. spanish sierra leone yeah exactly sierra oh. leone <laughs> of course Actually. Of course, Sierra Leone. I was gonna, I was gonna going to guess Eritrea, but uh, Sierra Leone. <laughs> uh, um, now this version was a bit different. Right. The disease had mutated, and it wasn't just the young and the old oh, who God. were particularly vulnerable. It was everyone. Mm. Over the course of the next, <laughs> I'm oh, in the middle. Prime. Mm. Um, well, this this started to really affect yeah, twenty to fifty year olds. Um, mm. Over the course of the next eighteen months, forty percent of the global population would contract the deadly disease, which became known as as Spanish flu. Now, um, But none of those countries you mentioned were Spain before. (laughs) It's funny that. Interesting. So the flu, we think, began on US army bases, and obviously the military was a good host for it. Um, We're also in the middle of the deadliest conflict that had ever been seen in the world. Um, Now, the reason that the disease... Transporting people all over the world. Yeah. Now, the, the reason that the disease is known as Spanish flu is that um, Spain were neutral uh, during the war. And so they were really hard hit by the virus, but not the first and by no means the worst. Um, however, because they were neutral, they didn't have censorship in their media in the, to the same degree that the war powers did. Mm. Um, and so to, in an effort to you know, not harm morale, I suppose, um, the allies and other places that had really bad outbreaks of it suppressed all the information about the flu whereas spain because it wasn't fighting were free to publish it and there were some big you know, oh, profile wow. cases like their king got spanish flu you know wow not ferdinand dude the 13th or whatever. yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow no, okay no, sorry go on yeah please no go no, on. no and and the thing is in spain they thought that the flu came in from france so they knew it as the french flu but that's mm. so interesting. So this Spanish flu has got many names for it from where they, people thought it originated. 
Yeah. And Spanish flu is a complete misnamer. It's That's not, just it's not, not at all. They just talked about it more, whereas so, everywhere else. And one of the big reasons why it went so badly, like around the world, what killed so many millions of people was that um, no one was talking about it because it was being suppressed because they didn't want to affect morale. Oh, gee, just for morale's sake. Oh, Imagine if we did it this this our version, our 2020 version, flu, if we just for morale's sake was like, look, we know it's bad, but everyone's so down. Let's just... <laughs> You know, just put the gag order in, suppress it. People need to get out and smile. The morale needs to be good. Oh, well, it's funny you should say that, Bart, because we're about to get into the footy section of this. Oh, this boy. Oh, here we go. Now, Australia at this point had been less affected. We're talking about late in 1918. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been less affected. Uh, aside from the troops who were fighting in Europe, the virus had had a negligible local impact. But this all changed in January 1919. Now, the war uh, finished in November in 1918 and then so over the next few months um australia began the long process of bringing back uh, all of the personnel from from europe mm-hmm. um, i'm assuming yeah. they of course went into hotel quarantining and um, they every time they flew in off the oh, or came in sorry uh came in off the boats they would yeah. get into the hilton down the road or the meriton suites and uh well they came in on the ruby princess obviously of course there we go it's right there in front of me the biggest boat i could have mentioned it was right there well unlike um unlike this current pandemic they did actually quarantine the boats pretty um effectively for a while but truly it was just holding back the flood tide it was always coming right um and so in january the first outbreaks in australia were recorded um and um people didn't take it that seriously although Hmm. lawmakers did um step in not only to you know affect quarantine laws but also to um in sydney for instance um there were laws that said that people had to wear face masks um but these were largely ignored and mocked in sydney what (laughs) (laughs) when have the people ever ignored the laws in sydney Wow, my friend! Not, it was like a tan on Bondi, baby. Unbe- oh, it's gonna, unbelievable! I'm sure all the people just hit straight to the beach. Um, as it's, hard, as- it's hard to snort cocaine through a face mask. But- yeah, that's it's that doesn't work. How can I ingest my copious amounts of cocaine? Um, wow, oh, gosh, yeah, we suck. <laughs> there, there is there are stories of um of like a dude uh on a on a ferry from uh, Manly um coming into city and he was wearing a mask and he was the only one on the ferry and everyone was just taking the piss and laughing at him oh great <laughs> cool. cool yeah good attitude yeah the idiot with the mask on mm. protecting people yeah. from the deadly plague that's <laughs> um so schools theaters public halls and largely state borders were closed um as well as gatherings of over 20 they were banned in an effort to bring the situation under control ringing any bells Jeepers. um yeah, mm. well. and as things started getting colder, things only got worse. Unless, of course, you liked the footy. <laughs> the, VFL, the VFL, the SANFL, and the WAFL all continued to play throughout the worst pandemic the world had ever seen. No way, they went all the way through it. Oh my! Without interruption. Wow, crowds and all. Yeah. Everyone comes still. All good. I'll get to that. Oh um, my gosh! So the Spanish flu by the time it was done, killed around 100 million worldwide and between twelve and 15,000 in Australia. And yet the game persevered. Um, we have 104 it, now. 
deaths in in Australia from COVID. Only like comparing, oh my god, twelve to fifteen thousand. This is and this is hundred. Would have been like five. How many million? Yeah. Oh my word. Yeah. Please go on. <laughs> so, after the reduced uh, competition through the war years, in fact, it was kind of boom time for the forty leagues. Um, they even had a record uh, attend- average attendance of 47,000 for the finals in the VFL, which oh. was the best, best best for like 10 years or the, six years. Or these something. are numbers the NRL could only dream about in 2020. <laughs> and this, we're talking well, 100 years ago in the Spanish flu or the American yeah. flu. Yeah, man. <laughs> the French flu, that's what they, I mean. The French French flu. <laughs> yeah, Eritrean flu. Yeah, that's the one. They have a, that is a massive number of people going. Yeah. Near 50,000. Yeah. So um, I don't know why the state didn't shut it down, but um, the VF, the people, the powers that be within the league um, cited that they needed a, that, that people needed a distraction. Oh, so I'm going to take their minds off all the bad news. Now, where have know? I heard this before? Uh, this is this is all news to me. <laughs> I swear I heard some dumbass say it earlier on today. <laughs> um, so not only of the bad news of the flu, but also the war, which only ended you know less than a year prior. Um, sure. In fact, you know, few, only a few months. months yeah. um, but the real reason, Bart, believe it or not, I don't know. I don't know if your brain works this way, but believe it or not, you're gonna have to. Surely it's not money. It's, it's cash, man. What? Cold hard cash. What? Not a distraction. Just Oh, Surely it man. was a decision for the people. Surely. <laughs> Surely. Um, just as play had continued through the war years, um, and at one point even at a reduced capacity of only four teams in 12 rounds, hmm. um, yeah, play carried on throughout the Spanish flu. Um, and even even St Kilda legend Roy Cazaley got it early in the season. Oh, survived. Oh, kept playing. Up there, Cazaley. <laughs> Because uh, Roy, your temperature is really high. In fact, yeah. it's really up there, <laughs> Mister Kazali. Your temperature is up there. <laughs> um, no, uh, no, no league players, um, no VFL players uh, ended up dying from the flu, but many did catch it, and, and many ex players uh, did, including um, ex Carlton player Doug Fraser. And as a little aside here that I think we'll do another history segment on it another time. But nice. there was a, there was a big uh, – Doug Fraser was involved in a massive scandal <gasps> with a teammate, Alex Bongo Lang. Oh, my gosh. With a name like Bongo Lang, you, <laughs> you're in for trouble. <laughs> um, uh, he and Alex Bongo Lang, had, um, Doug Fraser and Alex Bongo Lang, had been caught and suspended in 19, 1910 for bribery oh. and had been given a five-year suspension. Uh, from the game at any level, which was and still is the longest uh, suspension ever doled out to a to a player. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> a five year suspension for five bribery. Years. Can't have anything to do with footy. Is he bribe, yeah. bribing like umpires, or was it? Uh, a, a, I, I have to look. We'll into have to it. deep dive. Well, I'm yeah, intrigued for that. Is so it, am I. Doug I want to hear more about Bongo Lang, right? You Bongo Lang, Doug Fraser, Bongo Lang. Yeah. What are they up to? Where are they now? Yeah. Where are they now? It's a good question. Um. Uh, so this, and obviously the war, ended Dougie Fraser's football career. Now, he fits into the story because, as I said, although no current league footballers died from the flu, some former ones did. Doug was 32 at the time uh, of the outbreak and and had an unfortunate accident where he was crushed between two trucks. Oh, he was geez. then taken to the hospital to, for treatment where he contracted the flu and died. 
Oh, damn. Yep. That is yep. caught between a truck and a hard place. <laughs> <laughs> Poor yeah. Doug. Gosh. Yeah. So that's um that's football in a time of another time of pandemic. There yeah. You go. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's not it's not a uh, new new news to be trying to get a game up and going and get crowds involved during a pandemic. Same, same fucking story. And it's literally the same thing that like we were or the AFL was the last remaining sport that was uh, broadcast pretty much on the planet at the onset yeah. of this pandemic right people will look to australia like we were some crazy well i think they often think about this uh think this about us right these down under crazy fools that are just going to bondi still and uh playing their football playing their wacky yeah i wonder why exactly (laughs) who would do something so negligent um (laughs) gee wow uh what do they say Amelia? they say history uh never happens never repeats itself. yeah yeah that's right that's right that's my understanding um, it, it just shows you the kind of, um, I guess, like uh, tyranny of distance, maybe, or, or the thing about the, the, our own isolation here in Australia that we just it, maybe it takes a little takes a longer while. for us to take it, these things on seriously. It like. truly does, and I think it, it it's probably also deeply rooted in that privilege as well that we have, right? That we are this continent slash country island that. We got our own little space here, even right now. You know, during this horrific global pandemic, uh, open up the travel bubble with New Zealand, though, but <laughs> yeah, no worries. Like we and- before the ski season, man, it started. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get to Perisher. Um, <laughs> you know, and we're. It, 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 I think again, it did take a little while for Australians to really grasp the severity. You know, you just had to look at Bondi, like we said, and look at some places yeah. where people were so irresponsible, so fucking reckless. But even, you know, we were here for a couple of months and it was pretty dire, but we're looking all right right now. We're incredibly fortunate. Hang on. We got really lucky because of our natural isolation. That's yeah. what I reckon. I don't think it's anything to do with our, uh, you know, hard yeah. work and once diligence we, and for the cause. Well, once we started taking it seriously, we take it more seriously than, say, America. Yes. Um, but you compare Australia to New South Zealand. Korea. And we were... We were no, we, we were we were like seven or eight weeks behind New Zealand in terms of response, and it's a long time. Proportionally, in terms of re, in terms of population, we've been like affected in a much greater way. They have no current it's cases. Yeah, none. Yeah, they're done. They're, well, they're declaring that they're pretty much COVID-free, and it has been for a little while now. There's no local yeah. transmission. Um, yeah, COVID-free since June the three, something like that. There so, we go. Well, thanks, Jacinta. Amazing. Yeah. Um, wow, dude. Well, look, look at that. hundred years on and not a lot has changed. We're in a pretty similar time, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's clean hundred years too, like a hundred years or maybe a year, 101 or whatever, 102 years. Um, well, like, just, hmm, go on. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, um, I guess we got to count ourselves lucky that um, the AFL can remortgage, you know, Marvel uh, stadium yes. and, and, and use that asset. But because if you look at the NRL who have been back already for a week, um, they don't have those assets and they're in, they're in a much, much more precarious position financially than, than the AFL. Yeah. Um, so they were forced to come back early. Yeah. And you could see it in their approach. Really yeah. You could see it. Couldn't you? Like they were so they were a lot more, uh, stressed to get the game up and running and they really wanted people in. You could see. Oh, they, they, yeah, exactly. They didn't want to fucking stop. That's that's a sure sign of where they're at financially or 
I guess that's really blowing, that's really blurring the vision for them, the financials. It's terrifying, isn't it? That um, uh, an organization will put itself, um, which itself ahead of, uh, of public, public health and, and safety. That should now, be uh, at paramount, public health. Like that's everything. Was, Your fucking absolutely. health. <laughs> There's a great article. But it doesn't matter when you're dead. <laughs> I read a really good article uh, over the break uh, from the Guardian that was talking about how the even if the AFL and the NRL don't survive as the organisations that we know them today, forty won't die. No, like we'll be they are they are the arbiters of the game, but they don't own the game. No, they they they, they look after it, but and they administer it, but they don't. If if the AFL folds, then we're still going to kick balls around the park. That's it. And there's still be people who want to watch that in whatever form that takes. A hundred percent. We're going to be fine. We are going to be fine. We're incredibly fortunate here. We're very fucking privileged and our game will live on regardless of whatever happens money-wise with these leagues. I just hope if we do get some sort of second wave um, that, I, I don't know, I just hope that, because the coffers will be even thinner by that point. Yeah. Except the desperation doesn't guide any of those decisions. I, re- I would like to think not. I think the public would freaking behead the, <laughs> the the league bosses if that was the case, you know. I think I would have... Storm AFL house and... Yeah, get Gil. I think... If, I don't know about the NRL. Cause it feels like it's a bit more of a racket, <laughs> the NRL, than um than the AFL. But I feel... I would really hope... You know, if a second wave kicked off, they that's why they're doing it in these five week blocks, right? They can just re- keep reassessing, reassessing yep. constantly in conversation with professionals, and then just make decisions based on that. So I'm glad that they're I guess, I guess charitably. That's why it's in the five week blocks. I think making the most for broadcasters is another. Oh, that's a bit. Of course, yeah, that's a big part of it. And again, like we said, uh, and like we referenced as to why they continued in a hundred years ago, it's very similar reason for that sweet, sweet cash. It's all about making that cash money. Money. Oh, Emil. Oh, what a freaking pleasure, my friend. It's a joy to be back. It's a joy to be back. It's so good. And for every, for anyone who gets to an hour and 30 minutes deep, I fucking commend you. Thank um, you. Thank you so much. We're, we're using um, a different program today. We're using Zencaster as opposed to Skype. So Emil and I can't see our beautiful faces, our beautiful respective faces. But I think the audio might be better. So hopefully this isn't too clunky for any of our listeners here. Yeah, I reckon this is a thing in an ongoing way. So let's uh, – we're back. Uh, it's going to be back. Thanks for thanks for listening. Um, enjoy the footy this weekend, Bart, and, and you also, the listener. Really enjoy it. Yes, you too, mate. Let's revel in it. Um, Savor that. Savor that footy. We're back, Millie. We're back, baby. We're back. Woo-hoo-hoo. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. See you next week.